eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it is Dallas week, and it's been a lot of fun today talking about our hatred of the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, i got to ask Ray because, you know, the Diddy was... I don't want to say raised by the nuns, but, you know, they certainly influenced the young Ray Dittinger. <laughs> Ray, so like... The Sisters of St. Joseph. There you go. <laughs> they, so, they, <laughs> you, you, if, if you ever studied under the Sisters of St. Joseph, and I did for eight years, <laughs> it stays with you, trust me. Well, I get it. And, you know, Sister Jean was, was my teacher in first and second grade. My Aunt Judy is a nun. Um, and so, like, with the nuns, is it acceptable in the nun world for us to admit that we hate the Dallas Cowboys, or is that like a, a no-no? Show like all things in life, it all has to be viewed in context. <laughs> and I think even the sisters of St. Joseph have to understand what Eagles Cowboys, certain things are suspended in, this, in these weeks, and that's one of them. Who was hated more back in the day, Dallas Cowboys or the Soviet Union? Or, or whom? The Soviet Union. Depending on where you are, I, I, definitely, <laughs> I, 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 definitely, I, I definitely think in Philadelphia it was the Cowboys. That's great. That's great. All right, let's go to the phones. Your hatred of the Cowboys, who you hated the most through the years, the whole deal. This game, obviously, specifically as well, what's on your mind? Let's get to Keith in Philadelphia. Good morning, Keith. Dude, am I on with the Diddy? You are. You are indeed. indeed. It is a supreme pleasure and a privilege. What's up, Ray? How you feel? I'm great, Keith. How are you? Right what is Richie cool. Chop Liver here? Nothing for yeah. Richie? Nothing? Hey, man, listen. listen. Y'all know how cool it is to talk to sports greatness. I know. Joe, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, number one, I I think this should happen. Uh, respectably, Micah and McCarthy should go over to Sirianni and Ben Benny. <laughs> That's great. That ben Benny. Good work, Keith. Just tap ben out. Benny. Because, right, you know, right. otherwise, after the game, when Sirianni gets to midfield, he's going to shake McCarthy's hand and he's going to say, Vinny, Vidi, Vici. I went Caesar on his ass. I came. I saw. And I, I freaking conquered you, Mike McCarthy. That's what he's going to say to at midfield. So I kind of feel like, too, what's this, this new kid, Trey Lawrence or Trey Lance or something like that? Trey Lance. 
I don't know. Which one are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Trey Lance, the Cowboys backup. Back oh, well, yeah, yeah, Trey Lance. Cowboys, yeah. he's going to be watching Dak like Michael Myers. Like, you go ahead and, and mess this up. <laughs> I'm going to be right there waiting for you. Go ahead and mess this up. But other than that, man, Dallas sucks. There you go. Keith, great call. Give me a, a food that's associated with a person. Even the apple. Ooh, oh, wow. Wow. Whoa. Pretty massive. Hey, now. That might be the winning answer. Oh, oh, man. That might be a winning answer. Jeez. Yeah, I like that. Hey, you, uh, you want some winning stats? Yes. The Cowboys run defense, when they've won games, they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 74 yards allowed per game, 3.2 per rush, only one touchdown. They've lost two games this year. In those two losses, weeks three and five to the Cardinals – in the 49ers, 196 yards per game allowed Wow, on the ground, 5.5 yards per carry and four touchdowns, 196 yards That's on incredible. the ground. That's incredible. I feel like this, this defense is susceptible. I, I know they got all sorts of talent. Anchoring in and, and just holding up against the onslaught, if, if we choose to just line up and smash them. Good. I expect to. Well, listen, maybe this is part of why they haven't run DeAndre Swift as much lately, saving him for this stretch in this game, because mm. they did dial him back in October. I mean, comparative to September and early October, they started leaning on him. And I was saying. You called for it. I did. Literally, like, you said it to Nick Sirianni. You said it to him. Yeah. Started, I mean, I really thought they were overusing him. I mean, look, guys, it's a long time to get to mid-February, but this is a game. This is a really important game. This is a game I have no problem putting that ball in DeAndre Swift's hands 22 to 24 times. I mean, it's it's big. By the way, John, you just gave us some winning stats. Let me give you a losing fact. Uh-oh. A losing fact. Let's see if anyone – this is almost like Jeopardy. See if you can um, state the question. The answer – the answer is three hours and 26 minutes. Does anyone know the question? And trust me when I tell you this is a loser. It's a shame because it's like – it's pretty good in some ways, but it, it really hurts it. Three hours and 26 minutes is the answer to this question. How long is the movie Killers of the Flower yeah. Moon? Yeah. I was going to say that it's the yep. average running time of a Martin Scorsese yep. movie. <laughs> so I saw it the other day. It's a new Scorsese movie. And certainly there are some very worthy elements to this movie. It's an amazing story. It's a true story. You saw it in the theater? Saw it in the theater. I did not know going in how long it was, John. Oh, really? I, that's, I didn't know. that's on you. you yeah. yeah. It's I been can, pretty well publicized. I can honestly tell you. It is the first and only time to this point in my life that I completely, and I mean completely phased out for over an hour. You fell asleep? Oh, no. no I, I just started screwing around on my phone. No! For over an hour. No! And then oh. when I was like, all right, well, I know it's getting near the end. It's I'll, a disgrace. I'll buckle back up for the end. I buckled back up, and there was still like a half hour to go. Man, come on. I, I'd like I'm to apologize so... to Martin Scorsese John, on behalf James, of the WIP James, Morning it's Show. it's his fault. The, no, mo- the, mo- exactly. the movie did not need to be this long. I'm telling you. And it's too bad because it could have been an exceptional two-hour movie. And I oh, think to man. a large extent he ruined it going three hours and 26 minutes. Oh, wow. well, did you, Is there did, an intermission? No. But some 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 movie over, theaters overseas, started doing over, that. Overseas, they the, the put really? an intermission in. And they didn't have permission. And he's, he's furious about and it, now, Scorsese. And now furious. the studio is telling the theaters – if you put an intermission in on on your own, then you're not allowed to show yeah, my theater. Yeah, Scorsese my is like furious about yeah. the intermission. Well, how many of you guys uh, it's saw outrageous? The, how many of you guys saw The Irishman? 
I yeah, did. I did. And yeah. I liked it. I liked okay. it, too. The Irishman is four minutes longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Ray. Longer. I got yeah. no problem. Martin Scorsese I'm, can make as long I'm a cool movie as he it. wants. Yeah. yeah. Not if it doesn't grip me the whole time. It didn't grip me. Well, did the Irishman lose grip? Yeah, a little bit. Because it didn't for me. Well, it was pretty I, good, but I, I expected more. I think you evaluate movies poorly. And that's the bottom John, line. John, you were on your phone. I probably wouldn't have been. Look, and, well, and I definitely so you missed been. key points that you have I no idea. I missed an entire hour. Look, if you want to go watch it, watch it and give me your report. I'm <laughs> you just were telling bored. you. I was. Like, yeah. And I'm not saying it doesn't have some worthy elements, but my God, dude, like 326, make it. Make I mean, it. Oppenheimer is three hours and 10 minutes. And it held my attention every second. Every second. And this movie doesn't measure up to that. Let's go to Chuck and Cherry Hill. Hi, Chuck. Wish I could see Ray's face right now. All right. Well, so much for my wife and I going to see that movie today. <laughs> Chuck, I'm sure okay. it's great. Don't you know, let Joe sway you. I, I, finally, I, I said to Barry, you know, uh, finally an afternoon without at baseball sports. Uh, we'll go see a movie, which we rarely do. Go do it. I ain't see that, baby. Nah, Listen, I don't call, have, call back tomorrow and let me know what you think. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, and I'll be 100% transparent, I don't have three hours plus in me to sit in a chair. Uh, it would have to be, you know, I couldn't do it. Anyway, uh, Ray, it's good to hear your voice, man. Welcome back. It's always nice to hear you. Thank you, Chuck. Um, what a contrast when you play it. That, those clips from Bobby Knight, amazingly, at seven years old. I had never heard two of those before. They're unbelievable to listen to. Then you have Lavelle from the Diamondbacks in his post-game press conference. How sincere and uh, kid, you know, just amazing contrast between two personalities. You know, take your pick, which one you like. That's but right. I, I, has, I saw them back to back. So speaking of uh, stats that may put you back in the pain zone here a little bit, Joe, this is remarkable. So for 13 games into postseason, that's your benchmark. The Phillies end up with not only the highest OPS by far, eight. 2-1 is high. 821 OPS is really high. It's only been done by a handful of teams the last 25 years. Wow. But when you take the ERA and you create a delta between the two, so it's very simple. It's 8.21, and then the ERA is 2.20, the best, number one in each. You have a six-point delta. I haven't found that yet. Wow. I'm back 20 years. I'm going to research it a little bit more. I'd like to keep it modern baseball 40 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll find a postseason team, and you got to say at least 10 games played, because if you only have three, it doesn't matter. But for 13 games played, you could be looking at the best statistical team in postseason history. Now, that's a mouthful, and i got to verify yeah, that. Yeah, well, they yes, played a lot of games. You're supposed to make us feel better, yeah, Chuck. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, between that and the, well, you killed my movie, so I killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, gang. All right, Chuck, Keep thank talking. you. All right, Ray, let's get to the Phillies thing. So our first time talking to you since, man, they were 90% up the mountain, and then they tumbled down the mountain. Yep. Um. Let's start with the end, Ray. What happened? Who messed up? What, no, hold on. How do you, how does your heart feel about the end of the Philly season? Um, I think I'm like, uh, see, I've I've crossed over that line now. Fan, I'm a fan now. Yeah, which I'm know? happy for you. Uh, and uh, and I was like all the fans. I was I was all in on Red October. Yeah, you know, and I and I really thought when they won the first two here in Philly. I thought the series was going to end in Arizona. I thought they'd come back here and start the World Series. I didn't expect that the series to even come back here. But when it came back here for two games, I know it's no problem. They're certainly going to win one of these games. 
Um, so when it didn't happen, I was disappointed. You know, as you I, should be, because I really, um, and and and, it, and it, it pains me a little bit that um, that the autopsy has started, and you now people are going back over this. You know, they weren't really that good, and it's a flawed lineup, and it's just, you know, we, let's let's step back a couple weeks and. Let's go back to Citizens Bank Park for those games and, and what a great place it was and what fun it was. Bingo. You know, can we can we enjoy that? Can we are we allowed to enjoy that a little bit? Uh, I, look, we all knew a team that's built the way the Phillies are built, that swinging from their butts and hitting home runs, they're going to be susceptible to having. Well, all it takes is a couple of bad games and you're gone. That's right. And, and that's and that's what happened to them. And that's on one hand, you look at it and you say, well, that's sports. You know, and that's one of the things that makes sports great. You know, were the Arizona Diamondbacks a better team? No. But when it came down to those last two games, they were. And that defined their season and it defined the season here. But it shouldn't define all of it. Totally agree. That's what I'm, I'm, it bothers me a little bit that people, not everybody, because I think a lot of the fans are kind of where I am that, boy, that was a, that was a heck of a season. And that was a lot of fun. Sorry for the way it ended, but I'm okay with that. You know, but there's so many fans now that are now starting to look back and, who do we blame? You know, yeah. it's it's like it's like every time something happens, you have to hand someone a laurel wreath and someone goat yeah. horns. Yeah. And sometimes sports shouldn't be that black and white. Well, I, Ray, I think this is one of those cases. I agree with you. With, with one, with I'll say one exception. I'm okay with who do you blame for the loss. Here's what I'm not okay. With. Look, everyone can think whatever they want to think and feel whatever they feel. I mean, I I can't tell you how to feel. I will tell you how I felt about the reaction to the loss. I was disappointed how angry so many people were at them. See, to me, there's nothing wrong with having anger and massive disappointment that they lost. What I completely object to is that so many people were angry at them. And it's like, wait a minute, how can the guys be a hero on a Tuesday and a zero on a Thursday? Mm -hmm. That that doesn't compute for me. And the last team that I've seen deal with that, it was John's Eagles group. I mean, on a Saturday night before a Sunday playoff game, NFC Championship game, these guys are heroes. And on the Monday morning when we'd wake up after a playoff loss, people acted like they were complete zeros. Right. And I'm like, no, that don't work for me. That does, like that. That's not. I don't think that's fair to them. But no, that's and, and sports, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it, it 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 is in some cases, but it does happen here, and it and it and it bothers me when it does. And I thought. Last night at the Otho dinner, you kind of said that at the podium. You you kind of addressed that, and and I thought I thought you were, I thought you were right. Um, yeah, I I think that that's that's kind of how that that's kind of how this felt, and I I, I felt bad I felt bad about mm-hmm. that because I thought that this season was a, a great season yeah. and a very enjoyable season, but it seemed to me, and people said they choked. You know, I heard that a lot. Ah, they choked. Um, I that's that's an awful word, and I don't like to use that word, but I definitely felt watching Game Seven that they that team felt like they were under a tremendous amount of pressure. They were, and it comes down to that, and it was sort of like they felt to a man, unspoken, but we can't let this happen to us, not now, yeah. not at this point. And you take that kind of mindset and you put it on a free swinging team, which mm-hmm. is what the Phillies are. You're going to get a lot of guys chasing balls out of the strike zone. And good hitters becoming bad hitters, and all it takes is one night like that, and your season's over. Yeah, I I agree. I I really do. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, now let's get to. We got a couple different Twitter poll questions of the day. 
and we got to close them out here. And let's let's all go on the record on each of them. So, first poll question is um, brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. It's tailgate season at Armin Chevrolet, starting at only twenty one thousand four ninety five. The all new twenty twenty four Chevy Trax. It's arriving daily. Find new roads, Armin Chevrolet. All right, first question: Better player, two thousand and four Terrell Owens or 2023 A.J. Brown. James, where are you on that question? I think it's still T.O. And I know A.J. Brown's the closest it's been in my lifetime to T.O., but I think T.O. in 04 was still better. All right, Rhea, where are you on that one? It's it's tough because I I do think T.O. What T.O. did coming back from the broken leg is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my entire life. And he would have been the MVP had they won that Super Bowl. So right now, before the season's over, I'll, I'll stick with T.O. Okay. Mr. Ritchie? Terrell was unstoppable. I was positive. I would never, I, I would never see a more physically gifted, uh, powerful wide receiver. I've seen him in A.J. Brown. I, I think A.J. Brown's better. That's amazing. Because I'm a T.O. I'll just say I'm T.O. It's very close. It's very, very close. But I'm with T.O. Three to one so far. Ray, where are you? I am too. I'm I'm with Chio. I think people, it's not that long ago, but it's long enough ago that I think that people don't really remember what it was like to watch him week after week after week, and contrast him with the receivers we had had here before. Yeah. He was he was like something from a different planet. He really was, and it wasn't just for one week. Right. It was for a whole season, right up to the injury, and then to come back from an injury. The doctors were telling me. There's no way this guy's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's absolute, it's impossible. And he came out, and that day, he was the best player on the field. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Now, it's very close. I, everybody has said this. It's very close between the two because they are almost a physical match. That's yeah. right. They look the same. They play the same. They have the same skill set. But I would, if I have to choose between the two, and you're asking me to choose between the two, I'll go back to T.O. and 04. John, where do you think the poll results came in? Hmm, watching this spectacle of all these games in a row, I'm going to say A.J. edges Terrell a little bit. Uh, 58% A.J.? He more than edges them. 71% uh-huh. say A.J. Uh-huh. Brown. Yeah, 71 Maybe to a little recency bias. Probably. <laughs> and maybe some young people that were too young to really experience the T.O. thing. Look, it, it, I, I, to be clear, guys, this could go either way, but I just I lean T.O. I, 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 I knew T.O. was a clear top two wide receiver in football at that point, him and Randy Moss at that point. A.J. Brown, as great as he is, and I think he's been the best receiver this year. I mean, there are there is Justin Jefferson. There is Tyreek Hill. There is Jamar Chase. Like, you know, it's it's there's a lot of other guys. So, anyway, all right, second poll question. Now, before we get to this Bobby Knight thing, great coach or hard-ass and bully, I want to play another piece of audio because I do want to signify he was a great coach. And it wasn't just the three championships and consistently winning 20 games and and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, obviously the undefeated team, 76 with Indiana and coaching the Olympic squad in 84 with Jordan and Patrick Ewing. But he recognized something. He was probably, he was probably the first person ever to recognize that Michael Jordan was the best player ever. I mean, look, I didn't see Bill Russell. I didn't see Will Chamberlain. So I can't, I can't really say. But most people will tell you Michael Jordan's the best player of all time in basketball. And remember this, Michael Jordan, as great as he was in North Carolina, was picked with the third pick in the draft. I mean, if people thought he was going to be the best player of all time, they would have picked him first. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just what you would do. He was picked third, and no one really knew, no one really knew what Jordan was about to do in the NBA 
maybe with the exception of Bobby Knight. When he coached him in the Olympics, I want you, I want you to listen to this audio. This is when Michael Jordan had not yet even played in an NBA game. He had not played in the NBA, and Bobby Knight was old enough to see pretty much the entirety of the NBA at this point because, you know, he'd seen Russell, and he was old enough to see Russell and Wilt. Listen to what Bobby Knight said in the summer of 84. The kid is just an absolutely uh, great kid. If I were going to pick uh, the three or four best athletes I've ever seen play basketball, he'd be one of them. I think he's the best athlete I've ever seen play basketball, bar none. If I were going to pick people with the best ability I'd ever seen play the game, he'd be one of them. If I were going to pick the best competitors that I'd ever seen play, he'd be one of them. So in the categories of competitiveness, ability, uh, skill, and then uh, athletic ability, uh, he's the best athlete, he's one of the best competitors, he's one of the most skilled players. And, and that, to me, makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen play. I mean, it might be the That's greatest incredible. prediction ever. It, it really might be. unbelievable. Yeah. I've never heard that. He it's never unbelievable. Pl- he never played a pro game, and he's saying he's the best basketball player of all time. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you a very, I'll Isn't that t- incredible? I'll tell you a very funny story. Um, that before the draft, you're right, Knight had coached Jordan with the Olympic team. That's right, yeah. Uh, and had this feeling about him that he was just special. Uh, before the NBA draft that year, Portland Trailblazers have a pick above the that's, Bulls. That's right. Uh, and the general manager of the Trailblazers is talking to Bobby Knight, and he, they're talking about their draft strategy. And he says, and Bobby Knight says, I, you have to take Michael Jordan. And the GM of the Trailblazers says, "We got Clyde Drexler, we got Tri- Clyde Drexler. We need, you know, we we need a center." We, sure. And Bobby Knight said, "Draft Jordan and play him at center." Okay. <laughs> that's how, he said, "That's how good this guy is." Well, you look back on it. If they had done, I mean, it's as crazy as it sounds. I mean, it certainly would have been better than Sam Bowie. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. It would have. And by the way, they could have had Drexler and Clyde and just. You know, one's a small forward. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Right. All right, let's get to our poll question. Which, because they're both true, which better sums up Bobby Knight? A, great coach, or B, hard-ass and bully? John, what is your personal opinion? Boy, I I want to believe it's it's great coach, and I think the intentions were there. I, I think it bled over into something else, and it got he, he got too big, you know, in his own So mind. you think it's hard-ass and bully? Yeah. All right, Rhea, where are you? Uh, I read the great headline in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Bobby Knight was only great if you were able to look away, yeah. look the other way. Art and Bully. Seltzer? Yep. Art and Bully. Ray? I, I, ex- I was exposed to it. I had to deal with Bobby Knight. So, <laughs> to me, Art and Bully. I would, too. I agree. So, we're 100% in here. John, what do you think the voting came in on Twitter? Uh, 70% Art and Bully. I am really surprised by this poll result. It's almost 50-50. Wow. Hard-ass and bully won, but with 51% of the vote. Well, Ray said both can be true. Oh, there's no question. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's true. And yeah. if, if anybody, if you ever want to really understand Bobby Knight, um, read John Feinstein's book, yeah. Season yeah. on the Brink. Oh, yeah. Because everybody, over time, it has come off as people say it's a rip book. And there's certainly criticism of Knight in it, but I think it's a very nuanced book. I think Feinstein gives you a very honest portrait of Bobby Knight. So the genius, the coach, the fact his kids graduate, all, all that stuff is in there. He gives him his due. But the bully side is obviously the part that people remember. Ray, we're a little light on time, and I hate to say that, but can you give us just a small sampling of your interaction with Bobby Knight that you've been alluding to here that, that something happened? 
Oh, it was mostly, uh, well, it was partly at the Olympics um, when I thought that he was, um, he really came off in the press availabilities with, an, with, a, with a global media group. He really came off as the ugly American. Mm. You know, when people from other countries, reporters from other countries were trying to get him to talk about this team that he had, um, he was condescending mm. and uh, uh, to me a poor reflection of the United States of America overseas, I thought. And mm. then in other media settings here as an Indiana coach, um, you know, he came here and he won one of his national championships here at the Spectrum. Sure. Uh, in fact, the day that Reagan was shot. Isaiah, yeah. And, um, and it was that with the Isaiah Thomas team. And I was around him the whole time he was in town, and he was just miserable. Uh, and he just uh, he enjoyed belittling people. He just enjoyed he, – he didn't like the press. I, I've dealt with that before. But there's a way of – not answering a question without belittling the questioner. And Bobby Knight did it constantly and enjoyed it. He enjoyed doing it. And that, to me, is the definition of a bully. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ray, can you stay with us for 10 more minutes? Sure. All right, let's, let's, let's keep it here. Let's, let's go to the phones. Let's, let's keep this going. We're going to get to Life Advice with the Hammer shortly. Time's yours also at 945. Eagles, Cowboys, what a big game on Sunday to Eric and Cherry Hill. Hi, Eric. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, Eric? Um, okay, so just for me personally, you know, I grew up in the, uh, you know, Buddy Ryan, Randall yep. uh, era. So, you know, inherently, they always won. So you just naturally hated the Cowboys. Then, you know, kind of like... Uh, well, really, before those guys. I mean, before that. But once Buddy and Randall got their teeth into it, then the Eagles always won. For like five years. I mean, from about 80, from mid-87... Until that, you know, game, well, the, the Kelvin Martin game in 91 really freaking hurt. But then it really turned, it really turned with the second game in 92. Because the Eagles won the first game 92 week five. And the Eagles are 4-0. But when they faced each other a couple weeks later down there, all of a sudden you realized, uh-oh, Emmett, Troy, and Michael Irvin, and this offensive line, like there's a lot of Hall of Famers going on here. And yeah, then, And then with, they uh... were unstoppable. Yeah, the Aikman and it, uh Urban uh, trio. Yep. <clears throat> um, but then beyond that, it's just like now, you know, when they're good, they're so arrogant. When they're bad, they're so delusional. It's like they're just insufferable, Cowboys fans. <laughs> I agree like, with you, man. I mean, it's just no other fan base is like that. I mean, maybe the Yankees fans, but even now, at least they're humble, you know, they know they stink. Look, at least the Yankees had, you know, 27 whatever it is championships. I'm not saying the Cowboys don't have some, but it's not like they got 27. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the, you know, Yankees, right. had, dude, the Yankees had 50 straight years, 50, 50 straight years where they had either Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, or Mickey Mantle on their team. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No. Can you imagine that? A half a century. I think it went with from. players like that. I think it went from, I think it might be 47 years. I think they went from. 20, they went from, I think, 1921 to 1968. 47 wow. straight years. You have either Babe, Lou, Joe D, or Mick. It's freaking ridiculous. I grew up with Von Hayes. <laughs> 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 All right, Eric, give me an answer, man. A food associate. No offense, Von. Love you, man, but come on. All right, a food associated with a person. What do you got, Eric? Uh, yeah, you, nobody can mistake when you say spinach, Popeye. That is a great answer. Big answer. Holy mackerel. Ray, where were you? Know you? What I, you know what I was yeah. just thinking when you made that comparison? The Yankees versus Von Hayes. Right. 
you've totally redefined the notion of five for one. <laughs> right, right. Remember that? We always talk about Vine Hayes traded for five guys. I'm well aware. Let's think about the five that you're just talking about. I know, The man. five Yankees well, versus four. Vine Those four. Right. Yeah, those four. Uh, no, I'm hearing you, man. Listen. And, and, and like, you know what's a shame about the Von Hayes thing? Was he was a pretty good player. He was. He really was a pretty good player. Now, he wasn't a guy that merited trading Julio Franco and four others, but he was a pretty good player. But he just defined the Phillies not being good enough. And and that trade and the, the, the collapse of that era and, and just it fell apart there for a while. It did. Yeah, fell fell apart. All right, I'll tell you what never falls apart, as we do every Thursday, a little well, sometimes it does fall apart, John. Sometimes my advice stinks. Little life advice with the hammer. My life's a waste of time. It's time. I'm a tool for life advice with the hammer. You know how rock bottom your life got to be to get life advice from Joe the Camera? The hammer. I'm an idiot. And yet they idiot. <laughs> I mean, imagine what that says about you. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. And you're asking me for advice? Yeah, look in the mirror there, buddy. Hey, life advice brought to you by MHS Lift. If you're looking for forklifts, a warehouse efficiency assessment, any type of material handling equipment, or if your equipment needs repairs, Go to MHSLift.com. James, what does someone need help with today? Well, I guess this week's idiot, as you would say, uh, right? Yeah. No? Well, there's a qu- well, if there's a question, <laughs> the guy's an idiot, yes. All right, we're going to, there's a twist at the end after you guys answer. Okay. Uh, this is for Eric, ironically, our last car named Eric. There's Eric as well. All right, he says, hey, Hammer. So my significant other keeps the air running in the winter. Thermosat set at 50. No heat ever. I don't need it steaming, but I enjoy being able to walk around the house in a t-shirt and shorts every once in a while, but I can't because it's snowing inside our place. Any advice? Frozen in love. Yeah, break up with her. Whoa! No, no, don't break up with her. Um, Look, obviously, you got to say this is ridiculous. I mean, look, it's one of two things. It's either that the significant other, um, like, truly has a preference to have, you know, cold temperature. I mean, that's option one. Option two is, um, you know, it could be a financial consideration to just not spend the money on the heat. I'll say this. If you have the money to spend on the heat, spend the money on the heat. I mean, it is just ridiculous when people are in an icebox and don't need to be. How do you handle that? I mean, I don't know. I hate to call for a sit down. I don't want to. I don't want to make it's this like, like a, the mafia. All right, we need to say like Michael Corleone. We need a, we need a sit down, but like, yeah, I think you need a sit down. You got to say like the heads of family. Listen in there, and- listen there, hun. All right, oh, hun. We're, we're, we're jacking the heat up, and you know, get on board or get the hell. No, uh, just I don't know. Work with it and try to try to get that heat up. And it seems a bit extreme. I mean, if it's fifty degrees, it's ridiculous. Holy cow! It's crazy. Like, compromise is 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 available here. has to be and i don't want to hear like you know wear more sweatshirts and no, all which, that's ridiculous i mean i understand no. how that can sort of be a solution but it's not a good solution like just turn the freaking heat off so my answer is do all that you can to turn the heat up on your own and just try to convince her and and honest to god if you need additional outside help way beyond my powers get to this, someone in this person's life and try to have them you know talk maybe sense. maybe try to pull some of the covers off uh, in the middle of the night, you know, like make sure that she realizes this is it's 50 degrees. Ridiculous. You're in a home. It's a shelter. You you need shelter. And if all else fails, dump it. That's my. <laughs> all right. Well, here's the twist. Uh, we can get up there on this tomorrow. That was Devin Caney's boyfriend, Eric, who tweeted for a little life wow. myself. I feel, I feel bad for him. <laughs> no. Dude, that's brutal. All right. I'll put it on the list for tomorrow. Interesting. Development. You told him to dump her, so we'll, well see how that goes. It is too. what it is. It's a little unfortunate. <laughs> Can't be with someone with 50 degree temperature. All right, I got to write this to my phone. Reminder. All right, Devin, 
Okay, temperature. Tomorrow. Next Wednesday in studio, just put it up it's to absurd. like 75 degrees. And see if she says anything. All right, and that is life advice with the hammer for this Thursday morning. All right, Ray, um, you know, for years, we, uh, me and John and James, we weren't able to ask you. I mean, we were able, but we knew that Angelo wanted your opinion of who's going to win the game. And I understood it. Mm-hmm. Held for, you know, your appearance near the end of the week on Angelo's show. And so we, we were uh, good teammates. And we, we want to ask you. We'd sort of sniff around what you were thinking. But we knew you'd make a prediction, you know, either on the Thursday or Friday of Angelo's show. Um, we, are, we are graced with your presence today for a really, really big Eagles-Cowboys game. Yeah. And Ray Dininger, we have the opportunity right now to ask you, sir. Oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, Yoda. <laughs> Ray Dininger, sir. Eagles-Cowboys on Sunday. Who's going to win? Uh, I've... I was sitting here sort of nodding my head and grinning when John was talking about the formula for winning this game. I agree with him 200%. I think it's it's a very easy call in this game. Um, The Dallas defense, there are some things they do really well. Uh, And if you you play to their strength, you're in trouble. Um, And they they are fast and they have playmakers. And if you throw the ball too much and you take, and you take chances, they can turn those into big plays for themselves. Um, they got nine interceptions. They should have more. They've dropped a couple. You can't play that game against this team. But they are built like a lot of Dan Quinn teams uh, in that they are, fa- they are built for speed, but they are not built for power. They are not a point-of-attack team. Uh, and so when you have an offensive line that's as good as the Eagles' offensive line, to me, this is – I mean, the formula is right there. You just, I hate to sound like, because this has always been my identification, oh, you're the guy that always wants to run the ball. So here I am. I'm going to come in one more time and tell you that you got to run the ball. But I think in this week, it's absolutely the way to go. I think if the Eagles come out and the game plan is to just dominate the game at the line of scrimmage, they can do that, limit the Cowboys' opportunities, don't let that, don't let that secondary start picking balls off. Because right now, my concern with the Eagles is they're turning the ball over too much. They're making too many mistakes. The quarterback is making mistakes. Well, you don't want to take that onto the field against the Cowboys team and then play their game. Play your game. And their game, I think, is to be physical and run the football. If they do that, I think they'll win. I think it's still going to be close because the Cowboys are they're a good team. Uh, and the Cowboys have had their way with the Eagles now for a while. They've won eight of the last 11. Yep. But if the Eagles come into this game with the game plan, I think they should have, and I think they will, which is win it at the line of scrimmage and run the football, I think the Eagles win. I like it. I like it a lot. I also heard an if. Hmm? I heard, like, if they do this. Are they going to do it? There's no assurance, obviously. I mean, well, I mean, a prediction I, I is not my... an if. I can't have an if in a prediction. Okay. I think they will. <laughs> I, think they, I think they will. I mean, to me, yeah. to me, it is as obvious as obvious can be that this is your strength. This is their weakness. Let's play to our strength. And if they do that, the Eagles win. I love it. Good I'm stuff. Gonna, I'll, and I'll say 27-24. Good deal. Right. It's good stuff. Hey, well, one final thing here. This segment, yes. by the way, uh, brought to us uh, right now to, bu- 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 by Mount Holly Nissan. New 2024 Nissans that are arriving daily at Mount Holly Nissan. Minutes from everywhere. Just over the bridge online at MountHollyNissan.com. Ray, we had referenced last night in the wonderful event with the Otho Davis Center. Another phenomenal event tonight I know you'll be at. And yes. you'll be at as a returning former inductee. Because tonight is the 20th uh, induction class for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. And because it's the 20th induction, they've reached out to a number of individuals that have been inducted before. Ray, yourself, you were inducted 
How far back were you? I was in the third class. Wow, that's early. That's that's high praise right there. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was the I was the first print journalist. Good for you, right? Which was uh, I would that was a very meaningful honor to me. That's a big deal. Well, listen to this tonight, and there's a lot of people getting in, including some that you know perhaps are are not as well known as as some of the stars, so to speak, as the honor across many different sports across many different decades. But some of the notable people going in tonight, Philly Sports Hall of Fame, and these are all deserving. Bernard Hopkins. Jeremiah Trotter, Joe Watson from the Flyers, Irving Fryer, not as much for his Eagles tenure, although that's part of it, but being from here, number one pick in the draft, what a great career Irving Fryer had. Carlos Ruiz, Jay Wright. I mean, this is this is a big-time class. a big list. It's a big class, man. It's a big class. And some of the returners, like Ray, coming back as they you know reached out to many. I mean, you know, Carmichael and Quick and Berge and Prop and Bob Boone and B. West and Jaws and Bernie and – uh, Lindros. I mean, this is going to be quite a night. So uh, it should be it should be a great night. Ray, look forward to seeing you. Tonight. I look forward to seeing you there too. Absolutely. All right, coming up, time's yours and more calls. And Ray, thank you for being in studio with us today. Always a pleasure on ninety four WIP. Hey, let me tell you about Fanduel Sportsbook and in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook, and how right now new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins, and I know which team is you know your team. Because Philly and Dallas, yeah, your team ain't Dallas. Look, lock in the bet you want for this game or any of the games. Of course, you can use point spread, player props, over-unders, and more, all with FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 94 WIP. Visit FanDuel.com slash hammer. Get this NFL season cranked up. Midway point of the year with FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of the NFL. Go to FanDuel.com slash hammer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, time's yours, and it's brought to us by Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge. You can discover the nation's best-kept secret and switch to Xfinity Mobile, now at the best price for two lines of Unlimited. Let's hit it with time's yours. Wearing a starter jacket for the Cowboys means you're actively rooting for the Cowboys. Don't give me the excuse you didn't like the coach. You never go against your team, ever, for any circumstances. It's like going against your child or your wife. Look, here's the deal. I'm going to make it real simple. If you are someone in this area wearing a Dallas Cowboys starter jacket, you... Now you better get your head out of your ass! Just want to just drop that in there right there. Loser! I've been an Eagles fan since I knew what football was. I hated Dallas ever since. My father and I were walking in the city. He saw a homeless guy on the ground. He reached in his pocket, went to go give him money. He looked up. He saw he had a Dallas Cowboy hat on. He put the money back in his pocket. <laughs> Dallas sucks. That is hard. That is amazing. That's different, by the way, John, than a buddy of mine in college. And, you know, college, you just don't have much money. Handed $100. And I, I mean this is no offense to the homeless, and there's a lot of, you know, people out there that are struggling. Handed $100 to someone on the street who was homeless. Why, John? Because he was in a group. And there was a girl in the group that he liked, and he thought he would impress no the girl. Way. He and thought the high rolling was going to get the girl? And we have made fun of him because, of course, <laughs> did he, he did not get with the girl. <laughs> and for about 30 years now, we have made fun of that fool. Which, wow. 
That is such a scene. Right. So she was standing there, she and he right pulls there. out a hundred dollar yeah. bill. Group, group of about ten people, Man. and he sees someone. He gives gives the person a hundred bucks. Didn't work. Next six games. How's this? Dallas sucks. Purdy's a fraud. Revenge against KC, and not afraid of Allen or Gino. Let's go, Burns. Dallas hey, sucks. There you go. That's but- why I hate them because they suck. Because <laughs> their people suck. They all suck. I hate them. Well, yeah, and plus, you know, the United, the United States uh, has never had a president assassinate in our town. I mean, right? I mean, come on. Come on well man. said, Jeff. Yeah, don't give me that stuff. And with that, time's yours. We shut it down. The time's yours line. Leave Joe and John a message of your thoughts, compliments, and complaints. Call 215-238-4500. Could you imagine? It might be a little extreme to blame Dallas it might be. the JFK. But let me, oh, no, I think it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me flip Why it around. Why not? All right, let, I me, mean, let me flip it, it around. This, there. Let me flip it around this way. Imagine an alternate universe where a president was assassinated in Philadelphia. Uh-oh. Right, what would be said about us if that happened here? But you know what? It didn't happen here. So freaking take that, Dallas, you bunch of losers. All right, tell you who's not losers. Time's yours, callers. Get great calls for Time's yours for tomorrow. You know, maybe if we get so many great calls on hatred of the Dallas Cowboys and what stands out to you through the years, maybe we'll have two times yours tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. What a, I like that. Maybe we do one early in the show and one late in the show. I mean, just let us know how much you hate the freaking Cowboys. Flood us with Dallas t- sucks. Yeah, flood us with the times yours calls and let's play as many great ones tomorrow as we can. The times yours phone number is 215-238-4500. Get calling today, tonight for tomorrow's show. All right, let's get right to turning 2. We got to move right to a food associated with a person and we've had some wonderful answers today. We're moving fast. Paul in Mount Airy. Paul, it can be a real person or a fake person. Give me a person. Give me food. Aunt Jemima and pancakes. You got it, Paul. Let's get to John. John, give me a food. Give me a person. Uh, Ronald McDonald hamburgers. Yeah, that's that's a big Mm -hmm. one as well. All right, let's get to Joe right now in Westchester. Joe, a food and a person. Joey Chestnut and hot dog. That's a great answer. Wow. All right. So here's what we got. We got Joey Chestnut and the hot dog. I think it's even the apple, right? I think so. We got Joey Chestnut and the hot dog. We got even the apple. We got Santa and the milk and cookies. Mm. We got Bugs Bunny and the carrot. Popeye's Popeye's and spinach. Popeye's spinach. But even the apple has a little more weight. That's where it all started, man. It's really hard to not go even the apple here. It's even Mm. the apple. All right. I'm looking at my notes trying to figure out who said it. I think it was Ken. I can't even figure it out. uh, (laughs) Was it uh, Ken? Uh, I got to figure it out. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, it is it, no, it's Keith. Keith with E. Oh yeah, it was Keith. Good and the apple. Was. Keith was a great caller. All right, have a wonderful rest of the day. By the way, once again, congratulations to everyone from Haddonfield and Haddon Heights because Turkey Bowl it's coming your way in three weeks. Turkey Bowl here on WIP. And uh, again, I, I feel bad about the schools that that didn't win this year. I do hope and frankly expect that in coming years we'll be able to get to all the schools. I really mean that. Uh, but this year, it'll be Haddon Heights, it'll be Haddon Field, it'll be Thanksgiving Day, and that's three weeks away. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow on 94 WIP.